Hello, everyone, and welcome again to the Just Shiatsu Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Justin Zelensky, and today I wanted to talk about breath. I uh, have been studying my own path through breathwork for the last year and a half, and I just kind of wanted to share that journey with everyone, and I think there's a lot of health benefits to working with breath. So I want to start with just looking at it from a Chinese medicine standpoint, because I uh, this podcast is kind of focused towards that aspect of life. So when it comes to Chinese medicine and the lung, the lung is actually responsible for bringing in all the qi, and the qi mixes with the blood, and it's the movement in the body. So we can see just from that brief description how important qi is. And the only organ that brings in this this strong moving chi, I guess would be a way to say it, is the lung. And for that reason, I think there is a lot of health benefits that can come from just having a breathing practice. I've been reading and studying a lot of different ideas and thoughts on breath work. And it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of experimentation and, and stuff being done on breath work in general. But Throughout history, there's been some people who have come up with some pretty interesting and great results from working with chronic issues or health issues with with breath. So, I mean, it does show that there's a lot of power just in manipulating the way we breathe. And another interesting fact about breath is they say that we are the only animal on the planet who has the ability to actually control their breathing. What I mean by that is we can go against instinct of how we should breathe and force a different pattern into the body. I mean, we do observe animals changing their breath pattern, so it doesn't mean that the animals can't control their breath, but they can't control their breath in the way that, say, we can hold our breath till we pass out. Animals don't do that in nature. We can slow and speed up our breathing on demand, where animals' breathing slows and speeds up based on their demands for oxygen and you know the release of carbon dioxide in their body. So in that way, we're considered special on this planet we actually have this control over these instinctual responses of breath and we can actually go against some of that instinctual processes which has great benefit for us because instinctually when we're stressed our breathing speeds up and when we're more relaxed our breathing tends to slow down so when we can mimic those states with our breath they actually can bring us into those those alternative states that we're not in at the moment. So like if we're if we're really stressed, if we slow down the breathing, we tend to feel a little more relaxed. But if we just instinctually kept breathing fast in the demands of a stressful situation, right? We want more energy, we want more oxygen, we need things to move faster. That's why we start to breathe faster and it makes everything a little more tense, you know, we we get into more of a fight or flight thing. This is this is what happens with our breath when it speeds up. And we have the power to reverse that when we can get control of our breath. You know, controlling our breath actually can control the speed of our thoughts, just our mental mental health in a way. And there's a lot of breathing practices out there focused on that particular aspect. But I don't want to focus too much on actual breathing practices or the history. There's many books out there that that will that can give that information in a more definitive and, and expressive way. I haven't been too interested in myself on the history of breathwork and study, but I found it interesting to work with. I first got introduced to this idea of breathwork just in my own exploration of meditation. As I was meditating, I noticed that the breath reflects certain patterns. If I slowed it down, I tend to felt more relaxed. If I sped it up, I tend to had a little more trouble relaxing. 
and then it just feels like as I sat in this stillness of meditation and, and was breathing too, it feels as if breathing in pulls in all this energetic movement. And then when I exhale, it disperses it across the body. Again, this matches kind of the idea of long in Chinese medicine too, where I'm pulling in all the chi from outside. When I inhale, right, I'm pulling in the chi. It starts to condense inside. The lung pulls it in. And on the exhale, it disperses throughout the body, right? It's that pulling in and then that relaxation allows it to disperse. And it is through this dispersion that we can clear up a lot of things, I believe, in the body, right? That forceful push of the chi, right? If we have small blocks that we could just clear up with a change in a breathing pattern, just from that, that movement of breath that is very concentrated and dispersed can actually have the power to push through some of the minor blocks in the body. And if practiced long enough, I believe they seem to show that there could be some effect on some of the deeper blocks too. But those take some more time. And it might take finding someone who's trained in, in, uh, in breath work to really help you get to those states. So there's a lot of, a lot of more intense breathing practices out there that are, are designed around clearing up these deep traumatic experiences and blocks. And I myself haven't experimented with them much because I haven't really gone out and sought a teacher. I've just experimented with my own breath work on a simple way because my mentality when it comes to most practices is the most basic and simple aspect of doing something is the foundational aspect. Everything else is just window dressing might be a way to say it. Like it can get dramatic results, but without that basic foundation, they hold no value. Let's go back a little bit and talk about how breath work is viewed in a more modern perspective when we don't look at it from uh, the Chinese medicine aspect of qi. In a more modern aspect, we think of the inhale as a sympathetic response. So it's the more stressful part of the breath. You can think about this as the more stressed you get. You might notice if you pay attention to your breath that <gasps> that sharp inhale is usually a sign of stress, right? Like that's, ah, let me pull in some energy real quick and get ready to, to fight or run or do something of high activity or strain. And then the exhale is considered more a parasympathetic response. So it's more relaxed and more dispersing, right? When we do that, that, right? Your shoulders usually just drop in response. So we're getting a more parasympathetic response, a relaxed, more, I don't know, anywhere other, dispersed feeling, right? That's how it feels to me. So by just that understanding, you know, if we mix Chinese medicine and some modern perspectives on the nervous system and how breath is affecting us, you can already start to see like that could have some dramatic benefits, right? Most of our issues are around stress. And I think this was most easily displayed for me when I was seeing someone about my anxiety, right? I was taught this, this skill that I'd never really thought of before, but it, if you start to slow down your breathing and relax, when you start to notice that you're starting to feel a little anxious, you can't get anxious if you can't let that tension settle into the body so by slowing the breathing and trying to relax right that tension can't build and the anxiety tends to not build now of course this requires you to catch it before it starts to really manifest once the anxiety starts to really set in it gets a little harder you can still work with it but it gets harder so one of the main things that really kind of brought me in into breath work was this man called wim hoff they often refer to him as the Iceman. And he had this breathing practice that was pretty simple, simple and easy to learn that he would claim that could do some pretty interesting things. Like through his breathwork practice, he has been shown through studies that he could actually control 
the immune response in the body, which they believed was impossible before. You know, they didn't believe we could actually control our autonomic nervous system. And through Wim Hof's practices of breath, he's shown that he can actually speed up an immune response in the body. And he's done it with his health studying, but he also brought in a group of people and was able to replicate that same thing he was doing in himself and others just by following his breathwork. And this is where my journey with breathwork kind of started. I found it really interesting that you could control your body that way with breath because I never had ran across that idea before. And it probably because we didn't believe that was possible until Wim Hof was really kind of studied and shown that he could do these things. So it often, so it, it makes me think, you know, if we can control our autonomic nervous system in that observed way, it's got to have a lot of effects on us in a ways that we aren't observing. I mean, we've talked about before this idea of qi that's in Chinese medicine, right? We have no way to measure it. It's just a concept or an idea of movement in the body. Or when people translate qi, a lot of people sometimes will translate it as the same idea as breath, an invisible motion moving in and out of the body, right? It's the breath. By mixing those two thoughts together, I think there's a lot of opportunity for health with just controlling the breath. And there's many practices out there, and I don't really want to get into all of them because, first off, I'm not an expert on all of them or maybe any of them, but I have experimented with some, and I'd like to share my thoughts and ideas on on how I've experienced those for myself. So that maybe it inspires you to you know, explore breathwork for yourself and see some of the benefits that you might be able to get from, from the breathwork. One of the methods that I, I have used that I, I just find enjoyable is the Wim Hof method. Um, I personally took a lot of time of study and watching and learning about it to get a better understanding of it, but I have never actually been taught. So again, my Wim Hof experience is self-exploration. And might differ slightly from his, but I know from other people's experiences that I am I am mimicking their experiences through the way I'm I'm practicing that. Wim Hof's method is considered an hypoxic training method, which is a method that kind of teaches you to tolerate the amounts of CO2 in your bloodstream easier than most people. And what does that mean for health? Well, CO2 is believed to expand the vessels in the body. So when you've got high amounts of CO2 in the body, it creates an opening movement in the the vascular system. So there's benefits to opening up the channels, right? I could see how we could relate that to helping clear box blocks in the body. And often it's not uncommon in Wim Hof, from what I understand, for people to experience emotional releases or these new senses of self through the experience of the breathing. And then another benefit to the hypoxic training, at least for me in general, has been wearing a mask. I find I don't get anywhere near as irritated as most people who wear masks nowadays. Well, I guess the main thing that happens when we wear a mask and we feel we can't breathe is the idea that we need to breathe comes from our body's measurement of CO2 in the body. It's actually not from the measurement of oxygen we have in our body. So when the body has extreme amounts of CO2, it feels like it needs to take a deep breath. Unlike what we probably, what you probably thought before you heard this was that you're lacking oxygen in the body. And that's not true. Um, The oxygen levels aren't really monitored in the same way in the body. 
as the CO2 levels are. So the CO2 levels are what actually is making you feel like you have to breathe. So when you're wearing a mask and you feel like you can't breathe, it's not actually a lack of oxygen that's making you feel that way. It's the CO2 buildup in your blood because you tend to start recycling some of that CO2 that's in the mask as you're breathing it out. And it tends to make the body feel like you can't breathe. I found with some of the Wim Hof training that I've I've experimented with that I don't have irritation while wearing masks. I rarely feel like I can't breathe. During some maybe extreme activities, it gets a little harder, but I don't feel it the same way that I see others around me experiencing it when we're, we're sharing activities. And then the other thing that I found really interesting from experimenting with the Wim Hof breathing method was that I get a real strong sense of chi movement in the body during the the breath hold. And I find that interesting because I like to work with that aspect. It, it The sensation I get during the breath hold is very much like the sensation I feel on someone's body as chi. As always, I would recommend that you seek out a teacher if you want to study the Wim Hof method. I tend to do things the hard way. It's just my nature or my, my personality is to explore things from a more mystical point of view, which means I just approach things with a little more sense of fascination and wonder and self-exploration. And I don't always like to be taught because I like to um, experience it for myself and develop my own thoughts and ideas around it. But it's not the recommended path. It's usually the harder path, the longer path. And I often will be doing things slightly different than the defined way because that's kind of what I was looking for. I'm looking to experience life through myself. But I just want to be aware there is some weird feelings that come along with doing the Wim Hof breathing method. It is very, like you're almost putting yourself into a hyperventilated state and then you're doing a, a long breath hold. And this can make you feel lightheaded and have some other undesirable side effects that some people might not enjoy or like very much. So just a, a warning on that. I would seek out a teacher who might be able to lead you through that a little better. But I wanted to move on to the other aspects that I use for my own breathing practices. So one of my favorite and probably the most common way I train my breath is doing an even inhale and an even exhale. So for example, that means I'll breathe in for five seconds and I'll exhale for five seconds. Through the last year and a half of my exploration of this work, I've experimented with very many different lengths of time, right? We get the extreme short time of, you know, maybe two seconds per inhale and exhale, which is very hyperventilating. And that actually creates a little bit of a stress response in the body. So that might be uncomfortable for most people. What I found interesting training with a shorter breath is that if I intentionally create this stress response in my breathing pattern, also create a relaxed feeling in my body while I'm doing it, it has helped a little bit with dealing with stressful situations and keeping a calm mind. Now, I have a tendency towards anxiety, and it doesn't always work 100% of the time in real life. But when I do the training practice at home, that stress response of the quick breathing doesn't elicit that, that response in me. I can stay relaxed during the synthesized stressful reaction. And then I've gone to the other extreme where I think the longest I've been able to maintain for for probably five, 10 minutes is 
30 seconds inhale and a 30 second exhale. And I found that to be extremely uncomfortable for myself because it has to be done so slow and I'm not used to that. Like I could probably keep training and get to that point where that's a little more comfortable, but I, I don't know that I need to go to such an extreme. I mean, those are two extremes of the breathing practice, right? And as we said before, I like to experiment with things. So I tend to go to extremes to get understandings of them to the, even the detriment of my own health at times. But I usually am, am good enough to recognize the, the negative side effects that are happening and um, making adjustments before they become anything of danger. The one thing I find with longer breaths is you tend to be a little more forceful with yourself, like the inhale. To inhale very slow takes some training. And then after you start to get more comfortable with that, it still takes a lot of effort. And you're almost fighting an instinctual response sometimes because as you start to breathe slow, the body sometimes goes, hey, I want to breathe faster. And then you have to either allow that to happen or fight through it. And I don't really know which the best way it is. The best way, the way that feels the best is just to allow the big breath to happen. But if you force yourself through that impetus and, and still control it, it tends to feel very forced. I think you might even be creating some unintentional blocks in your body by, by breathing that way. So when I've studied people's thoughts on, on breath work and, and such, the general consensus seems to be a five or six second inhale and exhale are about optimal for health. And that might even be hard for some people because we live in a very stressful environment most of the time. So, you know, it's more common for people to feel comfortable around four seconds and it takes time to build up to the, to the five or six. And then there's a couple other forms of breathing that I'm not the biggest proponent of, but it's just interesting to mention. So there's a breathing style called triangle breathing, which is usually, uh, for example, we'll say four second inhale, then you can have a four second hold the breath, a four second exhale, and then a four second inhale again, and you just keep following that pattern. Or you can reverse it. You have four second inhale, four second exhale, hold four seconds on the exhale, and then inhale, and then follow that pattern. I've played with this pattern for myself. I haven't found much benefit from it. Um, but I just wanted people to be aware. You know, it's nice to experiment and see how you feel. There's no hard science on breath work out there. And it seems to be very experiential from person to person as to which style works best for them. So then another pattern is this pattern of what they call box breathing. And from my research, it seems like it was very... It's a very strong tool that was implemented in the Navy SEALs, and I'm pretty sure this sort of breathing existed before that, but usually when they talk about it, they they credit it to the Navy SEALs because it was a, a breathing pattern they used to bring some clarity and focus to their mind. So box breathing is, for example, four-second inhale, four-second hold, four-second exhale, four-second hold, and then repeating that, those four patterns, right? So that's why it's called box breathing. I, again, don't find this one that helpful. I don't find breath holding in general that helpful for for me. I like that flowing. I like to try and get rid of the pause between the breath. I find this the most relaxing and the most beneficial to me is finding how to flow. Like the breath is a, a tidal wave that comes in and recedes, comes in and recedes. This is how I 
personally like to practice my own breath work, but as I said before, I want to mention it because these are very basic patterns that anyone can do without any concern for their health and just see how it feels, right? So one more aspect I wanted to bring to light regarding breath work is there's some visualization processes you can use while you're breathing that seem to to add some benefit to them, right? This is again, using your imagination to elicit movement in the body. So my personal visualization I like to use during my practice, and it helps keep your mind focused on what you're working on too, is I like to imagine condensing all the energy into my body, right? And depending on the day, I might condense it into the lung area, the upper chest, or I might condense it into the lower abdomen, the hara. So when doing proper breathing, you should be breathing into your lower abdomen. So your lower abdomen should be the part of the body that is really moving more, right? So you want to bring the breath into the lower abdomen and then you want to allow it to like a wave fill in from the bottom and then expand up into the chest. But you want to do this in a very loving and caring way. You don't want to be too forceful with this. It tends to be very uncomfortable when you get very forceful with filling up the belly too much and then forcing the chest open. Find a nice, relaxing, calming practice for yourself at first. And then if you want to experiment with those, go ahead, see how they feel for you. But to go back, the visualization I use is I, I visualize, visualize this energy or imagine that I'm breathing all this energy into the center of my chest, which I visualize as the center of my heart, which is the center of self. At least when you're using a Chinese medicine perspective of, of your spirit, where it resides in you is, is your center of your heart. So I like to sometimes imagine breathing all that energy into my center of self and then letting it expand out throughout the whole body. And sometimes this can even be a practice of visualization of love is a very opening and spreading and accepting feeling. So sometimes you can imagine breathing in and then spreading that love from your heart out through your body and maybe even into the space around you. Or you can visualize bringing it down into your belly and condensing the energy there so that it then can circulate through the whole body to create health. Another visualization that can be helpful, especially when trying to heal something in particular, is you can imagine breathing into the body, into that spot that's bothering you. And imagine that coming in as light and, and turning everything that you feel as, as wrong or negative in that area and just letting the light shine on it and become bright and healthy again. And then on the exhale, you can imagine releasing the negativity or the tension or whatever it is that you feel is part of that issue that's residing in that area. And I actually have used that method on a couple things within myself and found it quite beneficial to dealing with the immediate pain or issue is to breathe into that area and then imagine it spreading out of the body, pushing itself out. I've actually had pains disappear just with that practice, which is really interesting in and of itself. I know I often try to relate everything to shiatsu at the end of all these podcasts and ideas. And there's not a whole lot here for shiatsu because shiatsu isn't necessarily a breath practice. But I will share with you, as someone who's working on another individual, the breath is very reflective of how that person is feeling. I've worked with people in some traumatic thoughts and had them call them to mind as part of the treatment to help resolve the feelings around the way that feels in the body for them. 
and just recalling this thought, I've seen people's breath increase dramatically into that stressful state. And then through the work, it then again slows down again. So observation of breath from the perspective of the practitioner is allowing me to understand how I'm affecting you, right? Usually when most people lay down, they're breathing higher in the chest. And as the treatment goes on, I'll notice halfway through or near the end of the treatment that the breath has now descended back into the belly. So the abdomen is now doing the breathing as opposed to the chest doing the breathing or the shoulders doing the breathing. And I just bring this up because of observation of what health is, right? As I try to instill health back to the body, the breath drops into the abdomen, the shoulders drop, everything gets relaxed. It's that deeper breathing that we were talking about into the abdomen and letting the shoulders drop, right? This opens up the body naturally. Like this is a way to clear your own blocks is by letting the body relax. And you might not even realize this tension's there because it's how we move through life. Like it's not uncommon for people to be so stressed they don't have time to pay attention to themselves or they don't even know to observe the breath or that the breath can do these things. Well, as always, I hope everyone enjoyed whatever kind of information I can introduce into your life. And yeah, maybe this inspires you to start your own breath work practice, which only can help benefit you. The only the only block to that might be devoting time, which is the hardest resource the hardest resource to uh, get these days is time to do all these self practices. But without taking care of yourself, you can't help others as well as you would like. So you need to always think about self care first as part of helping others if if that's what drives you in life is helping others you need to also take some time to take care of yourself so that you can be more efficient and have the energy you need to help another person right doing that in a in a state of stress or less resources makes it harder for you to help someone harder to be there with someone so don't forget to take care of yourself and i and i happen to know a great way to take care of yourself and that's shiatsu. So if you can't find time for anything else, force yourself to have some time by scheduling an appointment and uh, getting a great shiatsu treatment for self-care. Well, as always, if you have any questions or you want to get in touch with me, you can always just visit my website, justshiatsu.com. On there is a contact page. You can get all the contact information with me. Or if you just want to know more about my viewpoints on shiatsu and how that stuff might affect you there's some brief descriptions on there and as always i'm never quite sure when i'll be inspired to talk about something but as i do i'll be sure to share it with you guys and hopefully you can find benefit from it otherwise i hope everyone has a a great time and i hope to see you again thanks